Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. slide just uh, some pictures of people being uh, their hands being laid on someone and or laying their hands on someone and how many's been in a in a service where somebody's prayed for you and if you haven't had your hands laid if someone hasn't laid hands on you and prayed for you uh, you're missing out on uh, something that God designed for the body of Christ to show care and to release power I believe that there's power that flows uh, through the people of God when they're on fire for God when they've been consecrated for God when they've been been anointed by God God is able to work through them it's not their power but it's a power of the Holy Spirit but he wants us to touch somebody's life and that's what we're here to do today I moved on when I see people begin to be prayed for and how the spirit begins to move and and and, and sometimes they don't even realize anybody been there where they didn't realize someone was about to lay hands on them and and it's not because of how hard they hit them but it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that sometimes it's just a touch but then a, like a shock wave goes through you, uh, your body I've been there before with someone trying to make it happen by just slapping me on the head I never received anything from that but when somebody was full of the Holy Spirit and they just begin to touch uh, you begin to know that hey they're in tune with God and, and there's power flowing right now and so we believe in the laying on of hands. So let's go to the scriptures to talk about this this morning. Now I want to start in the book of Hebrews, and this may sound like a, an, uh, an odd introduction for what we're about to preach, but I want you to hear what the writer of Hebrews is saying, talking about this idea of moving to maturity. If you're filling out your outline, you'll see those uh, in the top right-hand corner of the blanks that are there. So I want to begin in Hebrews chapter 6, and just for context's sake, uh, if you was reading the end of chapter 5, uh, Paul is, or the, the writer of Hebrews is saying that uh, at this time you ought to be teachers, but you need to be taught again. So he's trying to get the, the church that he's ministering to, the writer here, to be, become mature in Christ. Someone say mature in Christ. We need to grow in maturity. So this is what the writer says. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ... Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Now, that's the New King James. I, I want to read these verses again, the first three verses uh, in the New Living Translation. I like how it kind of uh, uh, makes it uh, easy for us to follow uh, today. Listen, so, stop, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Now, he's talking to a church that should have been growing in him. That's why it's important to have discipleship. You mean that we never talk about healing? No. We never talk about laying on hands? No. This is in that discipleship. There comes a place in your walk with the Lord that you don't need to go back to the very foundation to say, okay, what's repentance again? Uh, what, what, uh, what's, what do we believe about laying on hands? What do we believe about this? There's a place where we're growing, and that takes that discipleship to get there, but once you get to a place don't keep reverting back this is what he says let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding this is a picture of growing right sounds like a little bit of our our mission of grace growing receiving answering committing and evangelizing that that first part of growing in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ and so let us mature in our understanding surely we do not need to start again with the fundamental importance of repentance 
repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. We shouldn't have to go back and say, you know what, if you want to have a, a, a faith-filled life, a triumphant life, you need to put away the evil deeds of, of your old self. We shouldn't have to keep going back to that. This is what the writer's saying. We need to be moving forward, right? And if you've been in church a long time and, and, and there's some who, who've had a struggle for a long time, there needs to become a place, we sing it, break every chain, we believe in sanctification, there needs to be a place, listen, you've got to stop doing this. You can't grow if you keep doing this. What's stopping you from growing? You want to grow? Yes, I do want to grow. You know what's stopping you? What? This. You've got to stop this before you can grow. A lot of people want to grow, hoping that as they grow, this will stop. It doesn't work that way. You stop and then you grow. I'm going to make, because I want to grow, I'm willing to stop whatever this behavior is, whatever is attaching me to my old flesh, whatever is holding me down into this world. I'm going to let it go so I can move forward and mature in Jesus Christ. This is what the writer is saying, that he has more for us. God has more for us when we'll grow in him. How many wants to minister to somebody else? How many wants to see someone who's lost and dying or needs a healing touch to be to be healed, to be saved? And you're able to give that message, but we do that as we grow in Christ because we're we're empowered then to become his ambassadors. Amen? So surely we don't need to keep going over these fundamentals. It's important to go over those for new believers, but once you've been in the faith for a while, you're expected to grow. Tell to your neighbor, I'm expected to grow. Verse 2, you don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So I want to let you think about this uh, as we're moving to maturity. Believers are to mature in Christ. Say it with me. Believers are to mature in Christ. Maturing or growing in Christ is moving to perfection. So if you was reading the New King James or the King James, it says moving to, moving to perfection. So there's an idea that I need to strive for perfection. Now I know none of us are perfect. None of us will get perfect. How many knows that you're, nobody's perfect and you're not going to get there? But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to strive for perfection. We're not supposed to, to let uh, this human uh, flesh be an excuse, well, I'm not going to be perfect, so I might as well not try. No, you're not going to be perfect, but you need to keep on trying to follow Christ in perfection. Uh, that means I, I, need to be, I need to draw closer to him, not farther away. I, I, need to be, I need to be embraced by his presence as much as I can. I need to grow in his word, not use uh, excuses for anything to keep me from growing. Moving to maturity, perfection, is settling the elementary principles to be able to grow in the Lord. If you want to grow in Him, there's some things that you've got to put a, a nail in and say, this is what I believe, and I'm not going to have to go back and revisit that to see if I still believe that. How many believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary? We don't have to have a long class now to say, hey, Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. We, we settled that. How many believe that Jesus died on the cross? We settled that. How many believes that he was really dead? We settled that. How many believes that he didn't stay there, but he rose again from the grave? Uh, we settled that, amen? So this is what the writer is saying. Once these things have been settled, uh, once we believe in water baptism, how many believes in water baptism? We settled that. How many believes that there's still an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the people who are calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, we've settled that. We don't have to keep revisiting it. We need to grow in it and walk in it. So the easiest way to think about this is when you're in elementary school, how many got through elementary school? I hope everybody raises their hands in here today. You learned this basic arithmetic, right? One plus one equals two. Two plus two plus two equals 
I just want to make sure you didn't say four. Two times three equals, we learn these basic things. And once you accomplish that, once you learn that, you didn't have to go back and learn again, right? You, you, you held that. That's how you keep going on to new math. And we won't even go down to that path right now. I'm glad that my kids, they got through math anyway. So here's the elementary principles in Christ. The foundation of repentance. Faith in God. You can't have faith in anything else. We have to have our faith in God. The doctrine of baptism, both water and Holy Spirit baptism. And this one, this is listed in the scriptures that we just read, the laying on of hands. I'm going to talk about it today. I know he says we don't have to keep visiting this, but I want us to, to, to reassure up. We believe in the laying on of hands, and we don't want to just believe it. We want to practice it, and we want to walk in that. The resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. So the next few moments, I want to pull out some scriptures. Normally I find one passage and, and flow with it, but I want to pull out several passages that talk about the laying on of hands. This first one, I want you to get this idea that we want to bless the children by the laying on of hands. I thank the Lord that we have some leaders that they, they're going to be doing that. They're going to be praying for the students. They're going to lay hands on them. And when they're with us at different times, uh, we'll lay hands on them. We believe on blessing the children. How many want your children, your grandchildren to be blessed? Uh, you need to lay hands on them. Uh, uh, this morning, I, I've already been laying my hands on my son, and we're going to do it again here in a little bit. He's having a, a neck issue. Don't know what happened. He injured at camp, slept wrong. I don't know. But he was going to play the bass, but he's like, I can't even move my neck. And, and so we're going to believe today before he leaves that his neck is going to be free, amen, that there's going to be a healing. I've already laid hands on him. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it gently because he's in pain. But we believe on the laying on of hands. Bless your children. Bless them if you have grandchildren, if you're around them. Bless them before they go to school or when they get back from school, when, when they're going to go on an event. We're going to, uh, we're going to pray for a blessing on our, our children that are going to be at, at, at camp this week. So, Lord, we pray a blessing. This is... a. Uh, Jesus here, the little children were brought to Jesus that he may put his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked him, but this is what Jesus said. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed for them. We see this example from Jesus Christ. Talking about Jesus, I want to be an imitator of Christ. How many wants to imitate Christ? Now I'm going to use this word imitate imitating a couple of times here this morning and, and there's going to be good imitations and bad imitations but here we're in the context I want to be an imitation of Christ I want to imitate him because he's the, the, the example that we follow I want to be like Christ so there's sometimes people imitate to, uh, it's a false imitation it's very close but you can say that's not the real deal I want to be the real deal because I'm imitating Christ amen then so this is a good way to imitate so imitating Christ Mark chapter 5 Starting verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed again, over again, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the seed. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Zarius by name, and, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on on her that she may be healed and she will live. Uh, obviously, they've seen the miracles of Jesus before uh, and they saw him laying hands on others. And, and like, if you did it for them, you can do it for my daughter. Will you come and lay your hands? Uh, will you come and touch her only as you can do? Uh, will you touch her with the power of God? Uh, you've been sent here by God. Can I let you know today that we are now the ambassadors of Christ uh, and that greater is he that is in us and it's in this world and that the word also says 
says that we'll do greater things, not better things, but we'll do more things being full of the Holy Spirit, that Christ wants the body of Christ, not just one person, not just Jesus walking around, but the body, the whole church being released with the power of God to lay hands on the sick that they may recover. And we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen? Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. When you jump down to the end of that passage, you, you see that he took the child by the hand. He touched her. He laid his hand on her. He, he embraced her hand with his. Uh, he made a contact with her. She felt the presence of Jesus. There's people that you deal with and that you're going to be dealing with that need to feel the presence of God. And they're going to, it's going to come through you being comforting to them and, and being a, a support to them and, and supporting them and praying for them. Even by a simple of holding their hand or putting your hand on their, on their shoulder. Now, now we've got to take a, a break right here and do some teaching. You've got to be responsible who you're praying with. You, you've got to understand a situation. Uh, men, be very careful when you're praying with women. Be very careful how you touch them. It's okay to touch the right way. Amen. Can I hear a good amen? We've got to have teaching. Uh, men shouldn't be hugging women after the end of the prayer meeting, okay? Uh, not too long. Just, uh, I, I grew up, we didn't hug anybody, just, uh, you know, just to men and men. But be careful with that. Why? How many knows that the enemy wants to use any situation to discourage the one who's being prayed for or someone that's watching? And there's been people, I've had to deal with it in the past, not here, but I've had to deal with it in the past where, where some were just a little bit too aggressive and, 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 and touching and they made, they made others feel uncomfortable. And, and a lady said, I can't, I don't want so-and-so to pray with me. I, I'm not comfortable with that. So be aware. How many knows the Holy Spirit can make us aware and we can still touch and we can still pray laying on hands but do it the right way? Okay, pause, break over. We're back into the Word. Laying on hands. He took the child by the hand. And he said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. Doesn't it sound like now what Peter and John were saying? By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, arise, get up and walk. They're just doing what Jesus did. They're imitating Christ. Silver and gold have we not, but what we do have is the power of Christ reigning within us. And we say by the power of the Holy Spirit, rise up and walk. This is what Jesus did to the little girl when she was dead. Peter was in the room with Christ. If you watch this uh, this passage that Jesus sent everybody out. Peter was in that room. John was in that room. And they saw Jesus raise this little girl up from the dead and say to her, arise and walk. Why do you think they had the authority later on? They were doing what Christ did. And I want to do what Christ did too. I, I want to be a follower of him. And I want to have the boldness, not in our own strength, but the ability to believe that God is able. Say he is able. Immediately, the girl rose and walked. She was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with amazement, all those who were in the room. How many was ready to see people amazed when they walk into this place? Uh, they not, may not be a part of church very often, but I want any visitor who comes in, someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, to walk out amazed by the power of God. I, I want them to be amazed with the love of Christ through the body of Christ, uh, but I also want them to be amazed by the power of God that flows in our service, uh, being sensitive to the moving of the Spirit, uh, being able to give a word when God gives a word to be able to listen, be able to pray for someone, but to see not just the praying, but to see the miracles. How many believes that miracles are still taking place and God's going to do it through here? We're going to hear testimony after testimony if we keep on believing. And I want those who don't believe to be amazed to help them to believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. They were overcome with amazement. 
Another passage, Mark chapter 5, or chapter 6, verse 5. Just a little side note here. Now he could not do mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and he healed them. That's important that he did that. And this is talking about Jesus' ministry when he was back at home. They didn't really, they were like, isn't that the guy who, did, isn't that Jesus? And so they didn't have much trust and faith. But he did heal still by laying on hands. But this is the thing, Jesus says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the village in the circuit teaching. Lord, help our unbelief. I want doubt to be out of this room that God is able to heal anybody of any need. That's what Jesus did. He removed people from the room. Don't, don't be in here if you don't believe. I just want to see this room full of people who believe that nothing is impossible for God. How many believe that? Nothing. I know you're afraid. I'm afraid that he'll make me move. No, you don't have to move. Just stay right here. But I'm saying, let's, Lord, help us and strengthen our, increase our belief, our faith in you. Nothing's impossible. Not only do I want to imitate Christ, but I want to imitate, imitate spirit-filled Christians that I see in the book of Acts and in the New Testament. Let's go there in Acts chapter 5. And, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Through the hands of the apostles, God uses men and women to pray and touch lives. In the New Testament and in now, he does the same thing. Jesus ascended to heaven. He says, I must go away so I can pour out my spirit. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's important, it's expedient that I go away so that the comforter, the Holy Spirit comes, that he fills the church. And then when he did, the apostles, and it didn't stay with just the apostles, we see here first, but through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were happening among the people. And the same God, and you hear it over again, and we'll keep saying it over again, the same God that was in the New Testament and the same God that was in the book of Acts and, and the church of Acts is the same God, the same Holy Spirit. Spirit that's here this morning when we come in with a heart of anticipation God is able to do nothing is impossible for him it's the same God amen, amen. so I want to imitate spirit filled Christians uh, I want to lay my hands on those who need a healing touch Acts chapter 6 verse 1 this is not just about healing a lot of times our mind goes to healing but here's another account of laying on the hands and the significance of it let me read through a few verses here. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there rose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, say with me, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who may be appoint, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to pray and to minister the word. And the same pleased a whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Perchorius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, say it, they laid hands on them. 
We believe in laying on the hands and set forth ministry and set forth ministers. Amen. It's not just to, to lay on hands uh, for a healing, but it's a prayer covering over those who are going to do the work of the Lord. Those who need wisdom by God and need wisdom from God, need anointing from God uh, to do the work of the ministry. Every ministry that we have here needs to have an anointing with it. Amen. And, and I won't only just stop there. I, I want to say that I need a prayer warrior with them, a, a partner of ministry that, to say, uh, my my job is to uplift you in prayer. And so, Lord, help us begin to work in that flow where we find prayer partners and, and that we lay hands on our ministers and we set them forth to do the ministry here in this church. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Do not neglect the gifts. This is Paul talking to Timothy. That is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. The, Timothy is being uh, encouraged again by Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1. When I call remembrance to the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is through you on the laying on of hands. Uh, you need to remember, this is not just saying that I need to be touched every week and laid hands on. You also need to go back in your times of prayer and, and when you're meditating meditating on the Lord, remember what the Lord has done. Has anybody ever been touched by the hand of God? Has anybody ever been touched when somebody prayed for you? Don't forget that moment. Can I share with you on, on a, it was a Thursday night of camp meeting, uh, my wife and I were standing down in front and, and uh, there's people being prayed for and the overseer was praying for different uh, folks and he came, he prayed over us and, and the power of God, he moved on us in a, such a, a great way. Uh, we had no other response but to fall to our knees. It was it wasn't choreographed, it wasn't pre-planned, but at the same time, we both under the power of the Holy Spirit, we bowed down in the altar, got down on our knees, and we began to pray out to the Lord, and He began to touch us in a mighty way. I will not forget that experience. I've had others experience in the, in the altar of the Lord. My mind goes back to, I want to encourage you, remember what the Lord has done, what he, how He has touched you, and how He's moved on you. How many remember when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? what that was like. Don't forget that. Don't let the devil steal away the joy of the Lord when his power is still alive today. You have to go back and remember those things because God wants to let that be alive and fresh in you. So go back and remember right now. Take a 30 second break and begin to think about the goodness of God, where he touched you. Where were you at that moment? Begin to visualize that service again where you were at. It may be in here. It may be at a youth camp. It may be at a camp meeting. It may have been at a, minister, uh, at a women's retreat. Uh, no matter where it was at, begin to think on that and let's celebrate the, the hand of God is still alive. He's still touching the church today. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. In Acts chapter 8, it says, Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, and they heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet they had, he had fallen upon none of them, they have only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is an, an early part of Acts. Uh, where the church was experiencing this, and there were some that haven't received, and, and here's, the, here's what happened. 
They haven't received. We need to pray for them. Let's lay hands on them because something happens when we lay hands on those. How many believe that we need to be a part of the process of, of seeing people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, you can't teach them what to say. We've said that over and over. You know that. But you can be an encourager right there, and you can touch them. I know when I was praying for the baptism at 13 years old at an Illinois youth camp, and I had people surround me. I had people lifting up my arms. I was encouraged because I was being touched by the body of Christ. And I, I was encouraged so much to keep pressing in, to keep pushing through, uh, to keep being open, uh, not to give up. Uh, because when somebody was praying for me, I didn't feel like I was doing it alone. Uh, I felt like someone cared and that they wanted me to experience what God wanted me to experience. Uh, they were there for me and they were there with me and I began to pray and seek in and I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so God wants us to lay hands on because God wants us to pray for the anointing in their life, but he also wants us to be there to encourage them. Amen? When they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. But here's an interesting part. There's one called Simon, a man who saw what was going on. He saw that, that through the laying on of the apostle's hands, the Holy Spirit was given and he began to offer them money saying, give me this power also that anyone who I lay my hands on might receive the Holy Spirit. Simon, who just didn't know he was into black magic and sorcery, he, he did get saved, but then after even following, there's still some flesh attached to him because he, he got attracted to what was going on, the outpouring, and he took it the wrong way. He said, I want, I want what you've got because I recognize when you laid hands on them that they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm into power. I like power. I've experienced power, and so I want that. Can I buy it? So you've got to be cautious of false imitators. We have to understand we've got to seek after the authentic the ones who are truly in tune with God. Be careful. We don't have time to stay in that this morning, but I wanted to put that in there. You can't leave that out when you're reading that passage. They were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they laid hands on them, and then there's others who wanted that. Don't desire someone else's gift. Desire what God desires for you. Amen? So I want to connect the messages to last week. Acts chapter 19, verse 4. Remember we talked about being on fire in his presence? Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We believe on the laying on of hands, not just for healing. We believe for setting people forth in ministry, for breaking bondages, for seeing people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to do the Bible? Yes. This week, read James chapter 5, 1 through 20. Focus really on, on verses 13 through 20. And let's make this declaration Lord, we believe in the laying on of hands because the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit to bless the children, to heal the sick, to set the bound free, set forth the call into ministry, and for the baptism of the Holy Spirit.
If you're filling out your outline, those last five points are the, the blanks there. Say it with me, if you will. Lord, we believe in the laying on of hands because the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit to bless the children, to heal the sick, to set the bound free, set forth the called into ministry, and for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Lord, we believe in the laying on of hands because the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit to bless the children, to heal the sick, to set the bound free, to set forth the called into ministry, and for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. James 5, verse 14 says, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I know they say laying on of hands, but there's something there. But if you're going to put oil on somebody, you've got to touch them. Unless you just want to be super spiritual and just take it and dump it. Most of the time we get it on our fingers and we touch them. There's a point of contact. I want to be strong and sound on his word that the Holy Spirit leads us to touch people in the place where they're at. And when they need a healing touch, we can anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So we lay hands on people for physical healing. We lay hands on people that they might receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For the impartation of gifts, Romans 1.11. This is Paul saying, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts that you may be established. Now, I can't, when we lay hands on people, we can't say, I'm going to give you the gift of this. We're just seeking God. Lord, touch them. But we want, Lord, to move through us and part gifts to them. We've been filled, oh, Lord. We can't determine what gift you get. But we can say, I want to be part of the process as you're seeking God. If you're seeking spiritual gift, we're going to encourage you. We're going to pray with you. God, fill them, use them, sanctify them. Amen. Because God wants to use every one of us to touch someone's life. I received a testimony this week, that one of our members is at work, and on their desk, they have their Bible and their devotion book. It just happens to be that someone they work with uh, uh, may have not been showing a lot of fruit of the, of the Spirit, but they noticed the Bible and the devotion book on the desk, and, and the response was, I have that same devotion book. And so they dug it out, because it didn't sound like they'd been using it. <laughs> They dug it out, and, and it just happened when they opened it up. They opened it up to the right day at the right time. How many knows that God is able to do that? Amen? And now they're able to have this conversation. What did you get out of today's devotion? Because of, of this person being willing to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Witnessing doesn't always mean you corner somebody. It means that you're living it out in front of people. They hear you say the name of Jesus. They see that on, on some free time that you're in the Word of God. I think it's safe to share this. Can I share what you shared with us last night? My daughter, working as a nurse, she keeps things confidential, and we didn't hear the story till yesterday, after Pastor Abbott's funeral. About a year ago, Pastor Abbott was in the hospital uh, with COVID. Just, maybe it was about two years. It's been not, not long ago. And while he was there, he was on oxygen. He was... He was barely conscious 
But she walked into his room at 1130 to introduce herself as the care aide. And the first thing he, she saw was he had music playing, worship music, and his Bible was open at 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. She walked up. She goes, I'm Hannah. She didn't expect him to recognize her because of a condition. He goes, Hannah, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Ready to witness at any moment. Lord, help us. Be ready. Because, Lord, you may even have us lay hands on somebody in a parking lot selling Christmas trees, in an altar service, even in an aisle of Walmart. The Lord can use us as any place. We believe laying on hands has set someone forth in ministry. To anoint someone for ministry. To break bondages and set persons free. How many knows there's some people that are so bound by drugs and alcohol and other things. But they would come into this place. We believe by laying on of hands that the chains will be broken. Does anybody believe that today? Are you believing? Are you trusting the Lord to break some chains off of your family members? Uh, how many has it? You're not judging them, but you have some family members that, hey, they're bound up. They need to be set free. I'm praying that they'll come into the house of the Lord. And I'm believing once they get here, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they come in with a heaviness. Uh, they come in with a chain. Uh, and they're like, I don't want to leave the same way. I don't want to leave with the same way. To I want to be set free. So there needs to be a people here on fire for God, anointed by the Holy Spirit, not just one person person, not just two people, but the body of Christ anointed for the, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to see people set free and to be people to be saved under the blood of Jesus Christ and to, to pray a blessing over some of our children, over all of them. We believe in the laying on of hands. We worship you, Jesus. Altar music will begin to play here in just a moment. And as you stand to your feet, we trust you, Lord. Lord, one of the first things that we see, one of the first scriptures that we saw was Jesus blessing the children. Lord, we begin to pray a blessing right now over our children's ministry. We pray a blessing right now over our children and grandchildren that may not be in church, but we're praying for them. Again, I know I do this over and over, but how many has a child or a grandchild that needs the Lord? You're praying for them. I'm praying a blessing right now. Can I do that? Lord, I pray a blessing as you did. And Lord, prophetically, we're laying our hands on our children. So here's what I want you to do. Get your hand if you're praying for us, get your hand up. I want you to go ahead and put your hand on that child. See them in front of you. Put your hand on that child, on their head. Go ahead and act like you're right there in front of you. Lay your hand on them. Lord, I pray a blessing over our children. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that they're not going to be pulled into darkness, but you're going to pull them out of that into your marvelous light. We pray a blessing over them. We pray a covering over them from the youngest to the oldest. It doesn't matter if they're still living in your home or if they've already moved out. They need the blessing of the parent on their life. Lord, I pray over our children, over our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Some have great-grandchildren in this room. We pray a blessing over them and we say in the mighty name of Jesus, Satan, you have no authority in their 
your life. We declare right now, Satan, you have to let them go. And we begin to pray right now. God, move on their heart, Lord, wherever they're at right now, that they become sensitive to the presence of the Lord, that they begin to desire your presence. We, we pray, Lord, shake off the things that are binding them. We're praying a blessing. Praying a blessing. We declare it. And I, and I encourage you, the next time you're able, to lay hands on them, to pray over them. We would say, Pastor, they, they don't want me to, to do that. Well, sneak one in on them. Just put your hand on their shoulder when they're not paying attention. You can say, man, that was a good potato salad you made. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, touch them, whatever they're bound up by, whatever they've been lied to by. Lord, I pray the healing over their body. I pray into You go ahead and pray. We're going to cover them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's some here today that need a healing touch. And here's how, here's how I want to pray this morning. We've got a few minutes. If you need a healing touch, I want you to come over here where Brandy's stand, standing over this area. If you need a healing touch, even if you came last, last week and you still need a healing touch, come right over here. You may have to stop and hop lines for a moment too. If you know that hey, I want to be used by God and God and, I, and you're serving in a position here whether you're helping out in children's church that's a that position whether you're doing something in the, in, the, in the media booth or if you're involved in teaching classes uh, I just want to pray a covering over our, our ministers and, and leaders and teachers uh, just come and stand here in the middle and if someone is looking and praying and seeking the power of the Holy Spirit. You want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come right over here to my left. I believe that God can do all this at the same time. I'm going to work my way around, but you may want to also spread up and come back to the line if you want to be praying. I'm going to start here with the ministry group. Praying a covering, and then we're going to move over to pray for those who need healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over every one of these leaders, these who are teaching, ministering to children. Lord, who's serving in other areas of ministry here, Lord, I pray a covering over them and an anointing, oh God. Lord, uh, those who are, are, are greeters in, in, in hospitality, Lord, they're serving this church. Uh, they're ministering people as they first come in.